Hey, all right, everyone, welcome to Heal Thyself. We have another show on the books, and it's going to be an amazing one because I got some really good information for you, some really powerful information to take control of our health and stuff that you ain't never known. Also, I have an amazing guest, a dear friend of mine, and someone who has some really good knowledge bombs for us, an expert in her field, and I'm really excited to have Ron. So without further ado, let's get started. Everyone wants to be young. Everyone wants to feel good, right? The fountain of youth. What is the fountain of youth? Well, what we want to go into is how we can reduce our biological age, which is different than our chronological one, right? I'm a 35-year-old man. What is my body? What is my biology of it? So I want to talk about something called telomeres, telomeres, telomeres. It sounds like something you may have never heard or you may have heard all the time. Regardless, within that spectrum, we need to know about what telomeres mean, what they're implicated in, and how we can maximize our telomere health. So if you go on PubMed, which is a huge scientific database, you'll see about 25,000 articles on telomeres. And that's for good reason, right? Because it's connected to aging aging, aging, aging in in all organisms, including humans. So there is a quote by uh, Dr. Masood Shamas. He is out of Harvard Cancer Institute, the Dana-Farber Institute. And he says, telomere shortened with age and the rate of telomere shortening may indicate the pace of aging, right? So why, how, what are we, how do we age biologically? Where does it begin? Now, the belief is that they begin on the length of these telomeres. So it's tied to our cellular aging, as I mentioned. And uh, within, I mean, we're, we're made of these cells, right? We're, we, we are these cells and bacteria, but we are these cells. So the health of our, cell, our cells, our cellular health is going to be reflecting of our overall health or the health of the organism, right? So really, we, we have to start thinking about how to maximize our biological health and such these telomeres. So what are they? What are telomeres? I, I guess the best way that I learned about it, well, first and foremost, there are these caps at the end of our DNA. They protect our DNA, and DNA is life, right? It's, it's encoded information for all of everything in life, uh, what makes us us. So within that DNA, we have these sort of like shoelace plastic tips. So when you look at your shoelace, you have the plastic tip, and, that, and then you could think of the shoelace in itself being the DNA. It protects it, right? And when those plastic tips start eroding and shortening, what happens is that they become, you start getting these frays at the end of the shoelace. It opens up, right? And that's what happens. Well, when it happens in a cell, that cell stops replica- replicating. It just puts it on pause, and then it dies. That cell is done. The, the life of that cell is done. So we don't even understand the power of what DNA is or what it does for us. We just know a little bit, but we don't know the power of it. Um, And all cells have DNA. It's concentrated in the nucleus and sometimes in the mitochondria, okay? Remember eighth grade biology when you weren't paying attention or you weren't paying attention, but regardless, this this might ring some bells. Um, So as a cell ages, so do our telomeres. Why? Well, what happens is during cellular division, again, I'll bring up mitosis. Remember that word? In biology, what happens is our cells divide. Each successive division shortens up those telomeres, right? The little shoelace plastic tips, well, they get a little bit shorter over time. And as it keeps replicating over the life of the cell, then those shoelace or those tips become really small and then they don't work anymore. So when they don't work, they, like I said, they go on pause and then they die. So what shortens these telomeres? What shortens them? Aside from replication, what 
increases that rate of speed of these telomeres? Well, the telomere length in humans seems to decrease at a rate of about 24.8 to 27.7 base pairs. That's how they're measured, right? They're base pairs. Uh, and age is one of the things, as I mentioned, cellular age as it replicates. But this should be obvious. Smoking. Smoking is huge. Why? Because these telomeres are very sensitive to something called oxidation. Well, smoking is literally a tidal wave of oxidants in the body, and it's, it happens in a dose-dependent manner because smoking every year adds a loss of five base pairs per year added to that normal amount of decreased rate that we see. So that attrition caused by smoking about one pack of cigarettes a day for a period of about 40 years is equivalent to about 7.4 years of life being reduced just because of those telomeres or aging because of those telomeres. That's pretty incredible, right? Well, what are some other factors? Obesity. Obesity is huge. That is associated with oxidative stress, right? And that can induce DNA damage. Well, what's cancer? That is DNA damage, oxidative stress over and over and over until it changes the function of the cell. So therefore, what you may see is that there's an expedited shortening of the telomeres because of this oxidative stress, right? So what we also see is telomeres in obese women have been shown to be significantly shorter than those in lean women of the same age group, right? And the excessive loss of telomeres in obese individuals was calculated to be equivalent of 8.8 years of life, which seems to be even worse than smoking. Why do you guys think I talk about movement and exercise so much? Because we don't even understand how deep the implications of being health, healthy and moving and losing weight and being at a, at, a, at a normal weight for yourself, at a healthy weight, what the implications are. So it's pretty incredible. What else? Obviously, poor diet. We know that. I'm going to go into that because diet's huge. But genetically and epigenetically, we have this makeup and what's our environment um, within that makeup, right? So what do we give in the body? What are our exposures, right? Are you, are you know I love talking about environmental medicine. What are the exposures? And also things like social and economic status can really shorten your telomeres too. So I just mentioned environmental toxins and I want to say something about it. There was a study done to evaluate telomere length in office workers versus traffic police exposed to pollution. And that pollution being measured as benzene and toluene, which I did a show on uh, for environmental medicine. Uh, I think it was about furniture. I spoke about benzene and toluene. But regardless, they found that the telomere length in traffic police was shorter within each age group that they tested it on versus office workers who were not exposed to those toxins, right? So in other words, these this, these toxins associated with pollution exposure over and over have been found to start shortening telomeres and thus your biological age. Also, they did another study on Coke oven workers, right? These folks who work with these ovens are exposed to something called polycyclic aromatic hydrocarbons. These are called PAHs. I spoke about PAHs very much on the show, especially early on. They were found to have significantly shorter telomeres and uh, increased DNA damage, right? The shortening was correlated to the number of years that these workers were working with these ovens. So I want, I said that to highlight that our environment, not only what we eat or our weight or if we smoke, but our environment, what we're exposed to, things that seemingly are out of our control, but we can negate, have an effect on our overall health. What else? Stress, Whew. let me just take a breath because stress is a major one, right? Cortisol depletes 
antioxidants in the body. It's released from the adrenal gland and it starts pressing the delete button on these antioxidants in our body, right? So one study cited by Dr. Shama explains that women under constant stress were found to have a reduction on telomere length equivalent to 10 years. This is the highest one versus controls, right? We said smoking. Now we said, uh, we said smoking, then we said obesity. And now we're talking about stress. Stress being the highest one on our telomeres, the highest effect on our telomeres, 10 year change in biological age just from persistent stress on telomeres. That is incredible. Telomere length can be affected by various lifestyle factors and they may determine overall health, lifespan, and the rate of which an individual is aging. Stress will age you more than anything. Look at the presidents, right? They, have, they go in pitch black hair and then they have white hair right? That is persistent cortisol stress. And I would love, I would love, imagine we did a telomere test where we measured the telomeres of a president pre-presidency or going into the office. And then when they were done and, you know, signing their goodbye papers after that, testing their telomeres and seeing what that'd be like, it'd be pretty incredible to see. So anyway, I just recently did a story on biological age and chronological age. And I put how old is your body versus how old is your timeline age from when you were born because it could be a big difference right so some disease associated with shorter telomeres we got to go into this so shorter telomeres are associated with increase in diseases right diseases especially as you age so there was a study by Oase Berg and their research team out of the Netherlands and they reported that shorter telomere uh, length is a risk factor for cancer right and that makes sense right because telomeres are really sensitive to oxidants in the body. And as I mentioned, oxidants are what damage DNA and then DNA start replicate or the, the cells start replicating differently because it's DNA damage. And then what we see is cancer cells at some point for some people. All right. So clinical data revealed that telomere length, all right, is shorter in subjects with different types of cancer, including cancer that head, the neck, the breast, the bladder, the prostate, the lung, and the kidney. It is associated with shorter telomere length. Shorter telomere length has also been associated with diabetes, even subclinical insulin resistance. Before we even see that as frank diabetes, we start seeing that already shorter telomere length being associated with that. And it can play a role in hypertension, we believe too. We've seen it associated with the formation of coronary artery plaque, which is incredible, right? The group that I just mentioned cites uh, a 2001 study, which established that folks with coronary artery disease had significantly shorter telomeres than the control group, all right? Telomere difference reflects almost uh, nine years in these folks for, for the ones who were in the control group versus the intervention group who had coronary arteries, their telomere difference was about nine years, right? So think about these folks. Were they exposed to a crappy diet? Most likely because most heart disease has to do with your intake of uh, standard American diet and high intake of meat throughout your life. But also what about their stress levels, right? What about environmental toxins, as I mentioned? Remember all these things that I just mentioned before uh, causing an insult to the telomeres. So they go on to say that it's been estimated that telomere length is reduced by as much as 25% in failing hearts compared to non-failing hearts. Longer the telomere, the more efficient the blood is being pumped into the body. Additionally, 
the individuals whose telomeres that were seen to be shorter and uh, than the corresponding average telomere, they had a threefold higher risk to develop a myocardial infarction, which is a heart attack, which is pretty incredible data that we're starting to see. So how do we sustain telomere length? This is what you're all asking. We have to know, right? What interventions can we make to our telomeres to increase their length and increase our biological age versus chronological age? So how do we keep ourselves young? Well, when we were, uh, we want to be at 60 years old, but our biological age is 50, 45, 40, right? So the number one intervention, of course, is if you smoke, you got to get off of it, got to get off cigarettes. Aside from everything else that we know it does, at the very least, if you heard this telomere talk and know that cigarettes are a major cause of telomere shortening, get off the cigarettes, do what you can, find the people to help you get off. So food, what are we eating? That has such a significant impact on our health, right? Telomere length is positively associated with, Dr. Gonzalez always talks about this, fiber. Fiber, fiber, fiber. I'll say that again. Telomere length is positively associated with fiber. You got to increase your plant-based fiber. You got to increase your variety of plant-based foods that you're eating. What about, what about exercise? Well, you got to reduce your waist circumference because that's been associated with telomere length, right? Reduction, this is going to be surprising to some of you, but reduction in protein intake of food also seems to increase longevity, Reduction in protein content of food by 40% has led to a 15% increase in the lifespan of rats in these tests that we're seeing, especially early in life. And Walter Longo, who is a leading authority on longevity, speaks about this. A low protein diet being one of the major, major uh, proponents or major interventions to, to make for long-term longevity, long life and health. Okay, so uh, Dr. Shamas, as I mentioned earlier, uh, his study, he had said a really interesting quote that I want to repeat, and this was on the rats. Um, so they said, consistently, the highest life expectancy is associated with low protein and a higher carbohydrate diet, which is evolutionarily where we were, what we evolved with, lower protein, higher carbs. The source of protein also seems to be an important factor as replacing casein, which comes from milk, with soy protein and rats in this intervention. And it's associated with delay incidence of chronic uh, kidney issues and increased lifespan. In other words, when you eat closer to what we evolved with, we certainly didn't evolve eating meat all the time or animal products all the time. We evolved with uh, everything, all things plant-based, right? So our body knows how to handle it. You look at our teeth, they're not made for meat anyway. And I, well, that's a whole nother, that's a whole nother podcast, but anthropologically, none of that is true. But I want to say this, we evolve with a higher carbohydrate, lower protein diet. And that, as I just said, is reflected on what we see in studies when it comes to and relative to lifespan, right? So we see you live longer, the lower amount of protein you eat, but what else? What other things are associated? Let's go into it. We see that antioxidants, right? I just spoke about the power of what oxidants do to telomere. So antioxidants, which negate that, like vitamin E, vitamin C, beta carotene, that's associated with longer telomeres, lower risk of breast cancer. Dietary antioxidants equals shorter telomeres equals a moderate risk for breast cancer, right? So you can't lack antioxidants, right? Because you're going to become you're going to be at moderate risk for breast cancer. Antioxidants are huge. Every single day, you need to be eating antioxidants, right? And these are the, whole, the high oxygen radical absorbency capacity, your ORAC score foods, right? You don't know what antioxidant-rich foods are out there? Type in ORAC score, high, high ORAC score foods. You'll start seeing that majority of them are plants, almost exclusively. So look up foods, find it out, and then you'll start seeing that 
Antioxidants are almost, like I said, exclusively in plants and very, very little to none in meat. Really, you're just going to find omega-3s in fish, but the rest of it is not going to really have too much. What's another uh, major one that I love? Green tea. Green tea is so dense in antioxidants. You got to be drinking it every day. Listen to the show that I did on green tea because that's going to be really helpful for you to make a decision on which one to get. How about fasting? How about dietary restriction? You better believe that helps your telomeres. Actually, diet, as Walter Longo says, dietary restriction or eating less uh, is having a positive impact on health and longevity. In animal studies, we see that it actually increases lifespan by 66%. The less they ate or the more dietary restriction they have. And I had a whole show on fasting for this reason. We are more, eating is more of a stress in our body than fasting, which is pretty incredible. I'll say that again. Eating is more of a stress on our body than fasting. We have evolved to not eat right? More so than we have to feast. So also there's delays on uh, age-related uh, diseases. The more uh, we fast or reduce uh, or with calorie restriction and uh, a reduction in oxidative stress. Duration of exercise is inversely correlated with the biomarkers of DNA damage. The more you exercise, the less biomarkers you're having on your DNA being damaged and on telomeres, right? The less you exercise, the more your telomeres are shortening. The more you exercise, the more they're sustaining, right? That's beautiful. So uh, there was a summary in this study um, that I mentioned with Dr. Shamas, and they said exercise can reduce uh, harmful fat, help mobilize waste, products for faster elimination, leading to reduced oxidative damage and preservation of DNA and telomeres, right? What it does is activates telomerase, which is the enzyme that actually protects and lengthens telomeres. And uh, they've seen it actually in athletes. When they check their telomeres versus non-athletes, they have much higher levels, or I'm sorry, a better sustained or longer telomeres on the average in the population. As I mentioned, reducing environmental toxins, which is my whole show. If you don't know how to do that, check out literally almost every episode I do. Reducing stress, so important. I just did a whole thing on meditation. Check that one out. So there was a study by Dr. Blackburn and Dr. Dean Ornish. I had the pleasure of meeting Dr. Ornish about a week ago, and they did a study that included 30 men, and it was on low-risk prostate cancer. And those who improved their diet exercised moderately, moderately reduced stress at the end of a five-year study had 29% higher levels of telomerase, which I mentioned that enzyme that helps strengthen and lengthen our telomeres than when they began. That's incredible. Just by those interventions, I'm talking basic stuff that y'all can do. Basic stuff, okay? And supplement-wise, there was really only one supplement um, that was studied on a randomized double-blind placebo-controlled trial. And that was on something called TA65. But ask your doctor before that. I'm not recommending anything. I just want to bring it to you all. And it's a molecule that comes from the root of the astragalus plant. And it actually increased um, 180 base pairs over the year versus placebo, which lost about 100 base pairs. So it actually helps stabilize and also increase telomere length. So pretty intriguing stuff. Ask your doctor about it or research it yourself. Um, I'm not recommending anything. I'm just bringing it to light. So... Um, there you go. If you ask how old you are, that doesn't mean anything. That's just how long you've been on earth. But really what means everything is our biological age. We want to stay young and vibrant and healthy. And it seems that telomeres are the number one indicator of that. And we have so much control over the length of our telomeres. So I hope this was intriguing. I hope you really learned something. And I cannot wait to get to our special guest, Let's get on her right now. Let's get on all the information and let's learn something. All 
All right, everyone, today's special guest, Dr. Saman Faramarzi. She's incredible, a good friend of mine, gut health specialist, mind-body extraordinaire. We are going deep. We are diving deep into the human psyche slash our microbiome. Why not? What a great combination. Hi, Dr. Sam. Hi. I'm so excited to be here. I'm excited that you're here. Look, this has been, what, three months in the making? I've been asking you to come here. You're the busiest person I know. I'm just hard to get. Yeah, I'm kidding. You're hard to get on here, right? <laughs> so, so wow, you're flying everywhere every other weekend. Yeah. And that's for work with a company you do. Are you now educating people about gut health all around the world? Yeah, I've been lucky to work with Microbiome Labs. Amazing company. I've been telling you all about them, right? I've not sponsored by them. To, I know, you're not sponsored <laughs> by them. But I've been trying to get you to try them because yeah. I'm obsessed with their products. I mean, mm-hmm. they're one of the companies that spends a lot of time doing lots and lots of human research, which no Mm. one else is really doing it when they're producing products, right? They're like, oh, take this probiotics, do that. Mm. But they're doing lots of research on the human microbiome and they're on the cutting edge of- They are. Yeah. So so what are you doing now? You're just going around the country and telling people about what gut health is, how it works, um, certain conditions and Mm -hmm. how they can improve. Um, yeah. Right. Yeah. So I'm educating different physicians. So I work with a lot of natural. I'm a naturopathic doctor myself. Mm-hmm. Right. So I have the privilege of going around to all these different naturopathic conferences and sharing the most cutting edge research mm-hmm. that Microbiome Labs is doing and talking about their products. I mean, I rarely talk about the products. I'm just educating. Mm-hmm. But then people are like, what are you talking about? What yeah. is this? Where can we get this? Everyone's really interested because we all want to help our patients. Right. And as naturopathic doctors, as you know, we always start in the gut because that's where gut. it all starts. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if even if the folks who are listening or watching, if you don't make it to a naturopathic doctor, a functional doctor, really start with researching how to improve and maximize your gut health Yeah. because that'll translate to most of the time overall health. Yes. And I can attest to that. When my gut is off, I am not excitable, loud, you know, bubbly. Um, it's just, I'm dull. And, and I'm sure you've seen a lot of that mind body connection with the gut, right? Totally. Um, they're finding out research on the gut brain connection and how serotonin, 90% of serotonin is made in the gut. Mm -hmm. So imagine, I mean, I see a lot of patients with anxiety, depression, and they're, they're being put on medication just to increase their serotonin. Mm -hmm. But why not look at the gut and fix the root cause of the problem Mm -hmm. to help your body make its own serotonin, right? Right. So then once we get them on the right probiotics, on the right diet, um, other products that we can get them Mm -hmm. on, then they see this huge, huge shift. And then personalities change, right? Yeah. Yeah. They feel, I'm telling you, I know it. Like if I wake up and no bloating, no heartburn, I'm feeling good. Yeah. Then I'm just like fire blazing through the day. Yeah. Yeah. That, and I feel good and I'm happy and I laugh and, uh, you know, do a morning ritual dance or something like that. <laughs> Put on a little salsa music. Yeah. You know what I mean? I know what you mean. I've seen you do those dances you have when those. you're happy. Yeah. I do I've have the happy dance. Your... And, and the best and the worst. <laughs> I've seen your worst. Yeah. So, so for those who, Dr. Sam was, um, she was there when I was going through the whole mold thing. Yeah. And do, do you see a difference in healing of the body when you heal the personality? Oh, yeah. yeah. You were, I mean, you would tell me a lot about everything you were experiencing in your 
in your mood when mm -hmm. you were going through the mold situation. I see a huge shift in you, which yeah. I'm so happy you got a hold of it and yeah. we got you moved out of your apartment. Yeah, that apartment was bad. <laughs> that was bad, yeah. But, but that should just drive people to understand that the body has an innate, beautiful ability to heal itself. Yes. Right, so long as we give it the conditions. Exactly. One of the main conditions was getting out of that apartment, which was continuously exposing and re-exposing me. Yeah. You gotta remove that obstacle to cure. So for in gut health, what are some obstacles to cure? Stress, like poor diet, do you find? What is really causing a firestorm in the gut? So one thing I always talk about is dysbiosis and leaky gut, right? Everything starts from dysbiosis. And for the listeners or mm -hmm. people who are watching this, dysbiosis is just an imbalance in your gut bacteria. This starts from the time you're in the womb. So when our moms are pregnant with mm -hmm. us in the womb, it depends on what they're eating. Are mm -hmm. they being exposed to antibiotics? That's what, and then when you're giving birth, mm -hmm. you get exposed to the right bacteria if you're giving birth vaginally. Mm -hmm. They measure all this bacteria on your skin, they measure it in your mouth, mm -hmm. and they see that right then, that's when we're being inoculated with all the right stuff, right? Yeah. And then, so the mom really sets the tone for our gut health. And then up to age three or four, that's when everything gets set into place, your whole microbiome. Mm -hmm. And then we get exposed to bacteria, we get exposed to antibiotics, mm -hmm. we get exposed to poor diet, mm -hmm. environmental toxins, all these things play a huge role in how we manage our microbiome. Um, and then, then you have to work on rebuilding it. Mm -hmm. So the whole thing comes from what's our kind of clean slate, right? Like what, what are we starting with? What do we have to work with? And I always work on rebalancing the microbiome, whether it's through diet or giving the right probiotics or, but diet is huge. Plant-based diets or yeah. they're doing so much research on that. I mean, I, I know <laughs> you're on a plant-based diet yeah. um, and how saturated fat makes this thing called um, LPS, mm -hmm. which causes leaky gut. Mm -hmm. I mean, this research is so, so fascinating. We could talk about this for five hours. Yeah. I don't want to bore you, but. <laughs> no, no, I'm not bored, nor the listeners. But yeah. I think it's pretty incredible to understand that we evolved mm -hmm. with these very specific bacteria in our gut, and they evolved with very specific foods that we gave yes. evolutionarily. And that being the fiber. So, uh, man, I, I'll say it at the top of a mountain. And you know, re-emphasize re it always is the importance of fiber in our diet yes. to build that microbiome, right? Because what do they do? They eat up this fiber? Yeah. And yeah, they just start they creating some goodies for us, some good uh, synthesizing some vitamins, right? Reducing inflammation, helping them grow. Exactly. And also it's not just fiber, it's diversity in your diet mm, too. So yeah. you can't just be eating carrots all day long thinking Carrot fiber <laughs> yeah like oh this is enough fiber yeah. it's great you're gonna poop a lot but also you need diversity in the food you're eating because you get different bacteria and it yeah. feeds the different bacteria that you already have mm. and what i always talk about my favorite product megaspore right mm -hmm. I'm always preaching about megaspore. Yeah, well, like it's not even you're selling it. You believe in it I so deeply. Yeah. I kid you not, people, that she'll talk about it off air. Yeah. Nonstop. But, um, and I'm guilty of not ever trying it. I think we need to do like a little intervention on me. On do a trial on me. Yes. Pre and post. We'll do uh, all of the symptoms and everything. I will personally order you a poop the test. And a poop test. Maybe I'll do a poop <laughs> test before and after. Let's do it. I think Let's that's a good it. idea. I think it's a great but idea. But anyway, you love it because. Um, I don't know what I was going to say. <laughs> just just how, how for diversity. We were talking about diversity. Yes, yes. There's the five key strains that get into your gut and they create diversity. They mm -hmm. feed the good bacteria. They help kill off the bad bacteria. 
the key strains of those spores are used in Europe as antibiotics, but mm -hmm. antibiotics that don't harm the good bacteria. Mm -hmm. They are incredible. So, that. um, so that's what I usually use with my patients. And the cool thing is we were talking about how obsessed I am with microbiome labs. I use their products before I even got hired on to be a speaker for them, mm. which was so, so fun. I mean, yeah, I was, cool. I was starstruck when I met so, the microbiologist. Yes. Yeah, so let's go. So let's go back. Um, what's the, what's the difference between like just CVS probiotics versus like a spore biotic. Yeah. Why, why, where's the incentive to spend more money and, or, you know, ask your physician or practitioner that you want this spore probiotic? Yeah. So there's a lot of myths out there about probiotics, right? Get the one that's refrigerated because it's not alive if it's not refrigerated, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Or all these things that we're hearing that are on the, you know, on all these articles mm -hmm. and different things that food bloggers or different people are writing about yeah. or things that I even learned in school, yeah. which is crazy because it's like we learned this stuff, but mm -hmm. um, they're all myths, right? So what happens with spore-based probiotics is they have a protective natural shell around them. So they survive up to 450 degrees of heat. So when you're ingesting them, they arrive into your intestines alive. Mm. Others bypass the stomach, no problem. Exactly. Okay. They survive stomach acid. You can take them with antibiotics. They survive. Um, and they've done studies on these, right? Mm -hmm. Other probiotics like just lactobacillus or different things that aren't spore-based probiotics, they don't survive. Maybe one or 2% survives. Mm -hmm. Now they're still doing something because you might, you know, the listeners are probably like, well, I've taken regular probiotics and I've seen a shift. I'm yeah. pooping better. I feel better. Mm -hmm. They're still doing something, but only while you're taking them. Mm -hmm. With these spore-based probiotics, they actually survive in your gut and they're shifting, they're creating diversity, they're changing right. your microbiome. So yeah. they're actually helping heal your gut and leaky gut. They've done human studies where in 30 days it reduces leaky gut by measuring LPS, which is uh, the lipopolysaccharide uh -huh. I was telling you about, reduces it by 46%. Mm. That's insane, 30 yeah. days. Yeah, and not changing days. diet, which as naturopaths, we always work on diet, right? For sure. Just taking the spore-based probiotics and eating a garbage diet, mm. that's the change you get. That's pretty incredible. Yeah. yeah, because I think there is the, I've seen it, like people take over-the-counter probiotics in the refrigerator, not spore, and then do well and then stop and then not do well. Yeah. And um, we had a guest pass through here and she spoke about like just those probiotics sort of being like travelers. They just come, mm -hmm. they have an effect while they're there, but you know, they're not going to really repopulate. Exactly. That's and pretty incredible. Goal, yeah. And our goal is to heal the gut. We mm -hmm. don't want to just, cause that would just be another pill you're taking, right? Just yeah. to like set off the symptoms and help with the symptoms. You want to heal the gut. Pill for the ill. Yeah. Yeah. Pill for the ill. I yeah. Like pill that. for the ill. Yeah. Yeah. Someone said that. I don't know where <laughs> I heard it, but, um, okay. Okay. Let's shift gears a little bit. Yeah. We love all things mindset and mind body, like I think it's incredible that practitioners don't even address the connection between your mind state or your mindset yeah. and the effect that it has on your body, whether it be pain, digestive issues, um, headaches, something. Um, you Are you passionate about this like I am? Am I? Yeah. Do we ever stop talking about this yeah, yeah, yeah. when we're hanging yeah, out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's true. That's It's so important. So tell me, what, what things have you found to be detrimental to our physical health from the perspective of the mind? I think, well, there's a huge, you know, you know, I'm super passionate about the mind-body connection and mm -hmm. I've spent some time learning NLP and meditation mm -hmm. and all those things. 
I think finding joy in everyday life really affects your overall health. Mm -hmm. So for me, it's not like, oh, this is the one thing that changes your physical well-being, but it's how, how can you go about your day living in joy, mm -hmm. you know? And how do you choose to look at life? I have had patients with chronic illnesses. Like I've had a patient with ALS mm -hmm. who, when he first came in, had such a hard time looking at his illness, right? Mm -hmm. And then over time, and he's still doing amazing, by the way, where they're like, oh, we don't even think you got diagnosed with this. Um, he was like, I have never been happier in my life. And mm -hmm. this is someone who could have been like, oh, I'm just giving up. And um, it's it's the lens he's looking at life mm -hmm. through, right? Mm -hmm. So I think that's the most important thing. That's something I'm working on with myself. And I've dedicated so much time for my own life because that's what I find joy in, right? I'm like, how do I experience life through a love lens? How mm -hmm. do I get to um, find joy, even in the small things, even in the middle of chaos? And I think that affects healing. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I answered your question. No, you certainly did. And, and but <laughs> I, I even I have a question follow up to that. Then yeah. how does one find joy when their boss is a dick and their partner is a psycho? You know, you see what I mean. <laughs> and then you have all these things, quote unquote, going wrong. Yeah. Where do you find joy in that? Well, are they going wrong? Mm -hmm. Who said they're going wrong, right? Mm -hmm. If you let's say your boss is a dick, right? How do you get to look at that? Like, for example, if someone's being a dick to me, I kind of look at it as, what am I supposed to learn from this, right? I mean, if I was in a terrible psychotic relationship, well, first of all, I would leave, right? But if I was in a relationship where it's a little challenging, right? And you're like, oh, this person keeps triggering this in me and triggering every day, every day. Then I would look at it and be like, what do I need to learn from this? I mm -hmm. mean, of course, unless it's abuse or like something where you have to exit the relationship. So for me, it's kind of like this has showed up in my life on purpose. And how do I get to learn from it? How do I get to evolve with it? What is it showing about me? It's kind of like that mirror that's yeah. put in front of you. Mm -hmm. And what do I get to do with it? Because we are so powerful. Mm -hmm. As human beings, we are... We don't even understand how powerful we are, mm. but we get to choose how we want our lives to be. Yeah. Every morning. Every single morning. You yeah. know, I know you do the intentions in the morning. You say them out loud. I've heard mm. you talk about this, right? Mm -hmm. You mm -hmm. say it in the shower out loud. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You do uh, your everything. Instagram stories on this. <laughs> yeah. Like literally the phone in the shower. No, no. That's the next one, huh? You should do that. No, 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 no. no It'll no, go no, by. It'll break the internet. It'll break the internet for sure. I've been working out. I'll tell you that much. So yeah, I think, I think, um, that's the most important time of the day. Yes. Right? I did yeah. actually two shows ago, I believe two shows ago, there was a whole thing about rituals in the morning and mm -hmm. how to do it and how to, how to create a habit mm -hmm. in 66 days with those rituals. So it's really Ooh. important. Yeah. So yeah. Um, why when, 66 days? Because that's when we, we scientifically find that that is where habits are formed when you're doing it for 66 days. It used to be 21 days, no? Yeah, no, it's 66 is like, it's, it's a little harder, but yeah. actually I have on my whiteboard... <laughs> Uh, blank days of meditation. Yeah. So, because um, I haven't been consistent for quite a while. Mm -hmm. So now it's on six straight days of meditation. Okay. You know, on the second day, I found already just a different shift in my personality. Yeah. Uh, for some reason, and you know how meditation works, but I like being like really loud and neurotic. Mm -hmm. But then I found that like, that's nah, not really my state. Mm -hmm. So I've become a lot more peaceful, literally on the th second, third day. Um, so does meditation help folks yeah. have a better perspective to look through a love-colored lens? Totally. 
I think with meditation, what's challenging is that you think you have to sit quietly. People that haven't meditated for or ever, right? They're starting, they're like, they get really uncomfortable because thoughts come up and we all need to realize that thoughts come up for a reason and we get to witness them and we let them go, right? Mm -hmm. So it's not like you do meditation, all of a sudden you're a, <laughs> for you it happens because you've been doing it for a while, even though yeah, you're Yeah, but not lately, off, right? not this morning. I had a million thoughts and I'm like, I used to be able to lay down and turn it off, but- yeah. But go, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no, it's okay. So that's the thing. It's like thoughts come up, we witness them and we let them go and we get to learn through them. I mean, sometimes I sit in meditation. There are days where I'm in a hurry and I'm like, I, I just have to do a quick 15 minute meditation and get out, right? Mm -hmm. And then there are times where I have unlimited time where I'm like, I don't want to get out of this because I'll be in this space where I get to see so much and learn so much about myself. Mm -hmm. But I think until you get to that place where you learn that life is really about learning more and witnessing who you are and how you want to evolve and how you want to experience life, mm -hmm. then everything will shift. Mm -hmm. You know, I'll spend time with friends where they're in a place where what I'm saying isn't even like they can't even acknowledge that that could be a reality for them. And they're like, what? What yeah. planet are you living on? Well, yeah, on? what crazy talk is this? Yeah, they're like, you are crazy. Yeah, <laughs> it's, but it's really hard to, and it's actually folks who are really within their own power, aligned and spreading real love, right? Mm -hmm. They're in love with themselves and they're spreading yeah. it to others. Those folks are like, well, that person's a little bit weird. Why are they so open and yeah. why are they vibrating so high? But amongst all of that judgment is a layer of like, I want what that person has, Yes. right? I want to yeah. be that. And it's, it's not that they want, it's just a reminder of what they are, who they are. It's already in you, right? It's, it's already in, in you. All of us. It's a mirror, right? You're yeah. like, oh my God, that's she's so beautiful in her radiant energy. Well, mm -hmm. damn, I'm pretty beautiful in my radiant energy. Exactly. So are you, do you find yourself setting an example that way? Like radiating and reminding people and sometimes they don't want to listen like your friends, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, on my good days, I'm patient and, you know, and I'm like, okay, I'm going to lead by example. And then there are times where I'm like, okay, I've had enough. Mm -hmm. Bye. Like I get, you know, it gets frustrating and you're like, I just wish I could snap a button and be like, hey, I want you to experience this joy. I want yeah. you to take responsibility for your feelings, for your mood. Yeah. You know, sometimes you are like, ah, like everything's so terrible. The traffic was this and oh my God, my boss said this to mm. me and everyone at work sucks. And you're like, fuck, when is this list going to end? Yeah. Of like all this garbage. Yeah. And I go through that too though. You know what I mean? And it reminds me of like, I've been there. I still go into that place, mm. but then I kind of laugh at myself when I catch myself in mm. that space of listing all these negative things I'm experiencing, I'm like, ha ha ha, like, yeah. can you be a witness to this? Can you, can you shift? And mm -hmm. I shift like this. And to be an observer is one of the most powerful steps, right? Mm -hmm. Because majority of life we're on autopilot and then we are going, oh God, I'm just so reactive to everything. Never going, let me take a step back. Why? And is this serving me? And what yeah. am I being reactive to? Yeah. And as you said, being an observer is the key. That's the first step. Yeah. You can't, you can't make a change if you're in it. Like if you're in a tornado, you ain't going to see the color of the tornado, the speed of it, the yeah. velocity of it. Like when you're out of it, then you look at the tornado and you go, well, damn, I was in that tornado. Yeah. How can I create change in that? Yeah. Um, so really what things aside from meditation have helped you to one, learn about, like there's going to be listeners and readers going, all right, well, that's all nice mm -hmm. and, and good. I know I heard about meditation. I could try that. Yeah. But what else can they do? I think one of the first steps that every single patient, if you've been a patient of mine or you know me, gratitude journals, right? Mm -hmm. So I always start my morning and end my day with listing out things I'm grateful for because 
you can find three things you're grateful for even when you're in the middle of tragedy, mm -hmm. right? And that shifts your brain. It changes your brain chemistry. Mm -hmm. And then going from brain chemistry to gut health, right? Mm -hmm. If you have diarrhea, it'll stop it. Yeah, bring back to, to <laughs> gut health, right? Exactly. So that is one of the easiest things, like the simplest things you can do for yourself that will change your life. And you'll see it over time. The first few weeks might be a little awkward if you're not used to it. You're gonna be like, oh, I'm grateful for my bed. Like, you know, the little things. And then you're like, you won't be able to go to bed without writing the things you're grateful for. Or sometimes you won't even write it. You'll be like screaming it out loud, right? Mm -hmm. um, I think that's the simplest way to start that will shift your life dramatically. Yeah, two months and a week. That's all we need of that. Yeah. Three. Oh yeah, 30, 60, 60. 66 days, yeah. yeah. So how long does it take to write three things in the morning, three things at night? I mean, like 30 seconds. Okay, that's right? that's literally like scrolling through Instagram, exactly. you know, for 30 seconds. That's exactly. Reading a post, you know? Mm -hmm. So can we all find that time to set a new habit that can literally change our lives? Yeah. yeah. And one thing I've realized too is commitment, right? I think making a commitment to ourselves and choosing ourselves, that shifts your chemistry too. I've realized that Sometimes, so I'm a very, like, you know me, I'm free spirited. I'm like, mm. oh, I just like mm. to go with the flow. But I've realized the one thing that's changed my life and my confidence level is committing to myself um, and still going with the flow and, you know, respecting that side of my personality. But committing to things that make me better have, have changed who I am. So making a commitment to writing in that gratitude journal will be life-changing, yeah. right? It will, and you won't even know it. It's like a subconscious thing that you have, you have more self-respect and you're like, wow, I can do this, you know, and I'm doing this for me. Me and time. It takes 30 seconds. Me time. That's yeah. what I've been saying that for years already. Me yeah. time. That's commitment. That me time shifts your brain chemistry because you're not going from without. You're get yourself set up and aligned from within mm -hmm. and then your human experience and the way you interact with others is coming from that place exactly. right like like you understand that you're driving the car mm -hmm. and you're not like in the passenger seat thinking that you're oh someone else is driving it it's all mm -hmm. you and yeah. as you said you can really you what you did was set boundaries for yourself right yeah. and and you committed to your own self-work and self-love right exactly and how does it feel to do that Incredible. Honestly, I've been, I'm the happiest I've ever been right now. Knock on wood. Knock no. on wood. <laughs> but that's because I've put in the work. The past nine months have been life changing for me. A lot of roller coasters, but yeah. it's been now I can say today that I'm the happiest I've ever been. And it's all because of the work I've done for myself, right? It's yeah. about committing to myself, to my career. But that's the thing. It's like once I did that, everything shifted. I showed up for my patients a little differently. Mm -hmm. You know, I think the one thing I do in the morning is like, hey, you got to be so present with your patients every single morning, you know, and I pray that the right things come through me so I can be present with my mm -hmm. patients. But that's not even, you know, it's more committing to others. So now it's like, hey, I'm doing the work for myself and I show up with that energy and my patients end up wanting to do the same. It's kind of like mm -hmm. they're reflecting off of that confidence and, yeah that energy. Yeah. Yeah. It's because your vibration changes. Yeah. Right. People feel it. They feel yeah. different. Don't you, when you're really in tune with like, let's say a family member, mm -hmm. sometimes I could walk in the house and not say anything and you already know. Yeah. Right. Cause yeah. You, you're so in tune with their vibration or their partner mm -hmm. or your mm -hmm. partner. Um, but we all have that subtle antenna, right? Yeah. Like our, like our hairs go up cause we know we feel something's going on. And, um, that sensation is a huge compass for us to know how we feel about people, right? Yeah. 
So at least for me, and this might be for you, like if I'm meeting someone new, friend, family, lover, uh, business partner, I feel first. Like what is my sensation in the first 10 seconds? Then what is my sensation after a meeting or meeting them? If I don't feel good, right? Something, especially for me, it manifests in my stomach. That's where like my intuition is. Like I'll tighten up. If something is off, then, then you question that. Totally. Do you do something like that, the same practice? Yeah. No, I, I go, everything's based off of vibes and energy for me. It's like, because we're, we're, you know, the more work you do, the more sensitive you become. Or even if you're not doing the work, some people are more sensitive to energy and we're all connected. We're all one, right? So when something feels off, it affects you. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, sometimes you just have to stay away. Yeah. And it affects our <laughs> physical health, which is the oh, craziest yeah. thing, right? Like, for and it's not the same for everyone right Mm -hmm. i know that if i am not one setting boundaries for myself doing me time doing rituals and letting life outside of me dictate me my stomach is a mess oh totally my stomach i'm I'm bloated i'm burping like i'm just i ain't right i promise you but it just shifts you feel lighter it's sort of like i have bricks in my stomach Mm -hmm. when that's life yeah and then when i really dedicate myself it's like i have butterflies and feathers in my stomach yeah. or a little bit of daffodils flying around. I love that. Yeah, but that's me, stomach. But then yeah. li- uh, like listeners, viewers, why don't we think about how are we affected? Like let's set mm-hmm. that mind-body connection. Totally. Right. I do this with patients where I ask them. So they come in and they're like, you know, I do a lot of mind-body work, right? Mm-hmm. So I ask them that question, where do you feel this? How, like for example, if someone's like, hey, I have a lot of anxiety. Like, first Where of do all, you feel it? Yeah. I'm like, where do you feel it? How do you know it's anxiety? Mm-hmm. Right? We use these terms and and you you explain it. You're like, it feels like bricks in my yeah. gut, yeah. this and that. I feel bloated. Yeah. And then I feel different. It's gone when I'm not, when I'm taking care of it. Right? So it's really cool. I think it's so important for the listeners to pay attention to that. Some people hold her in their shoulders. So then they have chronic headaches, yeah. chronic pain. Yeah. It's really hard to address that for folks because most of us don't even pay attention. Right. We think, oh, God, I just ate that salad and my stomach hurts. Mm -hmm. Well, maybe that's true. Maybe you're reacting to the red peppers and that's not good for you, for your constitution or your body. Or maybe you're going through some stuff right before your lunch break. Maybe your boss just laid it on you. Maybe you've had a ton of anxiety. Maybe you're rushing to lunch because you got to get back to work. You see what I mean? Like we don't think like that. We don't think that our mind first Mm -hmm. and how that's affecting because maybe if you meditated for an hour, went, ate the same lunch, we're we're grateful, breathing, eating it slow, that might be a different outcome, correct? 100%. I completely agree. I... Because your physiology changes too with mm-hmm. all that stress, right? Mm-hmm. Are you producing the right enzymes? Right. Because it's it's all connected. stomach acids changing. Exactly. Cortisol's up. Your body when your body when your cortisol's up, your body doesn't care about digesting food. It wants to run away wants from the bear. Wants to run bear, away from, from the bear, from the lion. From, yeah, from the scary <laughs> boss. Exactly. <laughs> so so I think it's so important to make these points for everyone viewing and listening is because yeah. why don't we just pay closer attention to where where in the body this. Mm-hmm. When, when, you know, you get into a fight with your lover, where in the body, where were you before? Where are you now? Where in the yeah. body? Are you even in your body? You know what I learned? So I'm a big proponent of therapy, mm-hmm. right? So going through therapy myself to learn more about myself, heal some wounds. Cause you know, growing up, we all deal mm-hmm. with trauma and, um, 
I learned that even up until nine months ago, I was so dissociated with my own body. Like I, I preach all this breathing stuff and like talking to my patients about it. And I learned, I was like, wow. She was like, where do you feel it in your body? When she started mm -hmm. asking me the questions I asked people, I was like, what? Mm -hmm. What do you mean? Like I was out of my body. I was dissociating because it was too painful to be in my body and actually experience the pain, you know, and and deal with the healing. of. My dad passed away when I was younger. Mm -hmm. So it's like when you're seven and you lose a parent, you don't realize what that loss is, right? Yeah. You, you just, you're like, I don't want to deal with it. I mean, people are different, but for me, I didn't process it until a year ago. Mm -hmm. and isn't that crazy? Yeah. Isn't that All our insane? Lives, we hold it in. Yeah. So um, so that's when I learned, wow, I'm not living in my body. I am just trying to escape this trauma so I don't face it. So I had to face it. And I think that really is the reason I am where I am today is because I actually went and did the work, the therapy, got in my body, yeah. faced everything. And yeah. And, and, you know, when we're young, it's hard to process what the magnitude of something means. Yeah. But as we grow older and that, let's say, for example, your dad not being there or mm -hmm. the death of my mom yeah. when, in situations where I'm like, oh, you know, like she it would have been nice to have her around for yeah. this. That builds and builds and builds. Yeah. So, Geez, I mean, all our lives, and just last year, you finally. And yeah. how did that? What did that look like when you released, or um, how have you improved? How's your life improved? Well, it was a few months of crying every day. I remember that. <laughs> Do you remember? Yeah. I was like, ah! you're like, I, you're like, I cried for eight hours today. I'm like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was like, I, I'm working, and like, you kind of shut it off to deal with, you know, to work and. Yeah. Um, see your patients and you have responsibilities. Yeah. But then on my off time, I really went inward and um, spent a lot of alone time or with friends like you who mm -hmm. I trust and could talk to, right? So it was months of that. And then finally, I was like, wow, I'm free. Like I let go of all this baggage I've been holding on to. I'm going to get emotional right now. Yeah. But it's so freeing. It's powerful, you know? right? So and powerful. And it's like when you release that book bag, it's pretty incredible because you yeah. feel uh, some sort of liberation, yeah. right? But some of us don't even know we're carrying a book bag because yeah. our body's so amazing at adapting. Exactly. Right? We forgot what it was like to breathe. We forgot what it was like to have fruitful relationships. Mm -hmm. We forgot what it was like to feel good and be like, ah, oh, man, like this day is is easy. Yeah. You know, because yeah. our body is just continuously adapting to all of this stress that we hold in. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I, I love um, emotional release stuff. Me too. Because, you know, I work in cancer and I have yeah. a little pie that I draw with patients and a pie of a big piece of that pie is emotional traumas, big traumas, little traumas yeah. all throughout life. And there's people whose body has memory. Everyone, mm -hmm. our body has memory of all yeah. situations we ever had, ever in our history, every word we've ever had, every experience we've ever had. And it's filed into a database. Mm -hmm. But all those traumas are still filed too. And yeah. that causes the dysfunction in our body. Exactly. And it shows up differently for all of us, yeah. right? For some people, it becomes a chronic illness. Yeah. For some people, it becomes dysfunctional relationships, exactly. right? Exactly. And tr getting triggered all the time. So this is where like yeah. my passion is. I think this is where your passion oh, yeah. is too. It's so fascinating. Because it's square one. Yes. It's where we go first. Like I believe all practitioners should first first, 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 address emotional body, the mind yeah. body, the mindset, traumas, and yeah. then, right? I could give you the best supplements in the world, yeah. the best diet for your body, but I promise you, you ain't going to be 100% until that's 
address, correct? Exactly. That's what I tell everyone. Amen right? to that. It's you testified on that one. <laughs> uh, so, so uh, what what sort of stuff are you doing now? Like, uh, I know you do some concierge. You mm-hmm. you do a lot of IVs actually, which is pretty incredible because I never really got into that. Mm-hmm. But are, are, do you see folks get better from IV therapy now? Yeah. So the reason I got into IV therapy is you know we're starting. I start with healing the gut, mm-hmm. and if your gut isn't functioning well. Even if you start by eating the right diet, taking the right supplements, healing your mind-body stuff, you're not absorbing the right nutrients for for a while, Mm -hmm. right? It takes about, what I've seen with my patients, about three months to really rebuild your gut. Mm -hmm. So the part of me that likes that quick fix, which you don't get really with naturopathic medicine, was like IVs. With IVs, you get all the nutrients that I'm putting in the bag in your vein right away. So then you see results sometimes halfway through the IV, my patients are like, wow, I feel so relaxed because of the magnesium Mm -hmm. in here. Or the next day they're like, I've never felt so energized, Mm -hmm. blah, 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 blah. So I, that's why I love IV therapy. It's because you get an instant relief from whatever's going on. If you're fatigued, you know, it's not the answer to everything, but the first month of being my patient, first month I'm giving regular IVs because we're healing the gut and I want you to feel better pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so I make house calls with that. People love the convenience of it. I yeah. love it. We yeah, they love out. that. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I always see you walking in with a bag into different homes. But yeah. I think it's pretty incredible that folks, they can get this dose and folks will feel better yeah. pretty fast, yeah. right? And it's incredible how dehydrated we are. Yes or how deficient we are in just all different types of vitamins and minerals. Mm -hmm. So then this like changes our life, right? When they go, oh my God, my body is finally working the way it should, right? Exactly, exactly. It makes a huge difference. Huge, huge difference. That's why I love it. Do you do um, vitamin C for for folks, especially with cancer? So I I usually refer my cancer patients to you, as you know. (laughs) Oh, is that right? (laughs) Yeah, they forgot to say your name. Yeah. Yeah. What do you mean? Yeah, I, no, no, all my, I, know, I know. I know you guys don't kidding. do IVs, but um, but I usually I don't do high dose vitamin C yeah. at, at home. You know, yeah. um, a lot of times I help cancer patients after they're done with mm-hmm. their treatment. Mm-hmm. Um, unless their oncologist is on board, then we do it. It's a little bit more complicated. It is tricky, and yeah. and you have to run some tests to make sure that they can exactly. even get the IV vitamin C. Exactly. But um, but I've seen it help. Um, I wouldn't say there's there's people out there that say this is a cure for cancer. It's certainly, in mm-hmm. my estimation, not. But I've seen people going through chemo radiation mm-hmm. um, who have done exponentially better every single day with their energy, with their appetite, with their overall quality of life when they get persistent high-dose vitamin C. Totally, yeah. So I, I think there's a place, a huge place for it in cancer care. Yeah. Um, and people should seek that out. Just make sure your doctor is testing for G6PD. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Really important. They, your doctor has to be on yeah, top of really everything. Sick. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's awesome that you do that. And then, so you go into people's homes. Yeah. That's amazing. So people, you mean to tell me people in California can call you up and go, come to my home. I want That's an right. IV and I want you to sit down next to me while you're giving me IV and change my mindset forever. Totally. That's really what happens. That's why I enjoy it. You're right? living a life. I, I love it. I'm so... I'm so lucky. We're all so lucky to be doing what we love, right? But then, yeah, with the IV stuff, you know, it's so much fun because we get about 45 minutes to sometimes an hour and a half, depending on the vein. Um, And we chat about life and it becomes this like high vibrational state of being, you know, for those times because we're not really sitting and talking about health, which I I like that. While they're getting their IVs, we're talking about something bigger. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. And there. I truly enjoy that. Yeah, and I can attest, you are the IV queen because when when we were going through IVs, like you all of a sudden put on your IV hat, you were the most professional I've ever seen you in your life. <laughs> <laughs> you were finding veins and like the smallest people in that clinic, yeah. right? All the people who work in there, like you were to the T, very systematic, thorough. And I mean, that's, that's you being your, at your most professional because you love what you do. Isn't that funny how I automatically just like switch. I'll be like, messing with you. And then I'm like, okay, hygienic, everything. You made sure nothing was Mm -hmm. like, you took every precaution. So if you're getting an IV out there, you're going to be getting the best from you. I know that that's for sure. Thank Uh, you so much. So how do people find you? So my Instagram is dr.sam.nd. Okay. Um, and then my website is safawellness.com. That's mm-hmm. S-A-F-A wellness.com. And you can email me through there to book something or call me. Yeah. And you do work with Megaspore. So yeah. for um, all the practitioners out there who are going mm-hmm. to any Megasport sponsored events, you'll most likely be there, right? Yeah. Microbiome Labs. That's the company. Uh, yeah, Megaspore is their probiotics. Yeah, but a lot of people refer to them as Megaspore because yeah. that was like the, that's like the it's main, that's the star of yeah. the company. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm usually speaking for them at the naturopathic conferences. And, and if you have any questions about microbiome labs, you guys can okay. ask me. Beautiful. We'll have you back on here because I feel like we have more to talk about. Okay. So much more. Okay. This was so fun. Thank you, Dr. Sam. Thank you, Dr. G. All right, what an incredible conversation. I told you she is special. My vibe has changed from before she was here till after, and I hope everyone else's was too. Hope you learn about some gut health, some probiotic stuff, amazing, amazing combo. We'll have her back on. Uh, rate, review, subscribe. Bring love to the show. We're bringing love to you all. It's all love, as Dr. Sam says. <laughs>